off top as we get closer to the Super Bowl. I bet you don't know why we call it the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Part, obvious, because it's big and grand and super. But the bowl part is because the Rose Bowl, the first bowl game of them all, was played in uh, Rose Bowl Stadium in Pasadena, California. Started out as a I think an East-West competition game. Eventually, in the 30s, they started calling it or naming the Rose Bowl game after the stadium that they were playing in because it was shaped like a bowl. And then everybody else just copied and started calling their game a bowl. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. I didn't have much energy for that one. It's like, it's kind of interesting, but it was kind of a letdown when I when I um, looked it up because I'd always kind of wondered, but never decided to look it up until this morning. And it was a little disappointing. Like, I don't know. I thought it was going to be some cool, long story. It's like, nah, stadium shaped like a bowl. We call it a bowl. And everybody else bit. I kind of like it, though, because I've named, like, crappy touch football games with my cousin's bulls. So at least I had the same thought process as some random dude in the 1930s. Turkey bowl. Um, yeah, good weekend. Uh, a fun weekend of football. I, I feel like the first thing I want to do is let's just appreciate Patrick Mahomes first drive. Like that was <laughs> that I was trying to re- remember all the cool pl- plays in that drive. And I think my favorite play and that opening drive was not even the most impressive. It was the sidearm RPO pass that he just held the pose. It just was so damn cool. Can on that same thing, can we take a moment? Cause obviously Mahomes, he got the full like heroic. We're going to, you know, build a statue of Patrick Mahomes throwing a touchdown pass on his left leg, hopping, that type of thing. We know that'll happen. But also a second for Travis Kelsey from that game. And we'll get into all, all these games. But he had more receptions than the rest of the Chiefs combined. And it was like Mahomes was compromised. And that dude just decided, oh, no, I can be like the best receiver on planet Earth at, and a safety valve at the same time for this team. Yeah, I mean, it, it just exposed the thing that uh, the Achilles heel, if you can say the um, the offense of the Chiefs has one, it kind of exposed that. For me, the point, the stat that you pointed out that he had more than everyone else. When the um, Jaguars actually did start to try to crowd the middle field a little bit right out of halftime, it, it was obvious that they just don't have anybody else. <laughs> like nobody yeah. else. Uh, quick passes outside um, to uh, – Tony, like he did some impressive things, but he wasn't like getting open down the field. The same for MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I still, I know they're the best offense in the league by efficiency and scoring too. I think I understand all that. Patrick Mahomes is really great, but they need somebody at some point. They're going to need to go after a real legitimate number one threat because it seemed to like they're, they're compromised so often. And I'm sorry to rotate from talking about how great Travis Kelsey was and also how amazing that jump pass was um, to talking about the Chiefs' shortcomings after they had a big win. But that just kept hovering over this game to me. And it's probably a bit because it's something that I said would be a problem early in the season. So I'm looking to like um, to support my own belief. But it just... I don't know. It's it's nobody over there is scary except for Travis Kelsey. No, I mean that that's like I'm I'm actually totally with you. Like 
watching that Chiefs offense, to me, what jumped out is like Pacheco is obviously an explosive athlete. So is Kadarius Tony, but they aren't like precise operators yet within that offense. So they aren't creating the space before they get the ball. Like they're just trying to get Kadarius the ball, be like, all right, now make something crazy right. happen. And he can occasionally do that because he's a freak. But like, that's a very big change from when they were the Legion of Zoom and they had guys who you could not blink and they would be gone. Yeah, it seems like the other teams, particularly the teams that are remaining, have at least one guy. Uh, obviously, the the Bengals have a couple guys and T Higgins and um, Jamar Chase that you have to you have to be concerned about the Eagles too. They have a couple of guys and um, AJ. Like yeah, uh, at least receivers though. They got AJ and um, Devontae. And then the 49ers just have a slew of guys all over the field that could do all types of different things. And so I don't know. I guess the Chiefs will address this at some point. I think this actually this actually proved your theory. One of the Dominique Foxworth theories, you've had a lot of correct predictions on this pod, is that this was the year of the receiver and that it's not just having one receiver. You stack them and have two. And that's what changes your offense. I think there's one exception that proves the rule. That's Patrick yeah. Mahomes. If you have the most talented quarterback in the history of the NFL, uh, you can probably su- su- uh, support an offense that has less talent around him in in theory. Uh, but other teams, don't try and build that. Are we lifting um, Joe Burrow to Patrick Mahomes' status? Is he there now? Or are we going to make the same mistake that we made last year? with Josh Allen where we kind of I mean I know everyone's going to pretend like they never did and (laughs) but I was here I remember when we all were saying Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and everybody else like we were all doing that at one point and now it's clear that we're not doing that anymore but I feel like we're in uh, the territory where we're going to start doing the same thing with Joe Burrow is that fair uh I'm really glad you asked that. And I want to ask you the same question because I think we can agree that was the biggest come up for Joe Burrow and the worst loss for the Bills. And we should go through all of that. Um, But to me, he's clearly 1B now above Josh Allen. And I don't think that's that's reactive. I think that's over 12 months of evidence, like minus the three games coming back from appendicitis. That dude is just nails in every big situation. And like, no, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He can't do like the freakish things that change the geometry of football where like, you know, Patrick Mahomes gets the Steph Curry comparisons because there's just, you have to play him completely differently, but he is like a perfect traditional quarterback. And that, that might be selling him short because he's because pocket mobility and the way he plays like a really modern quarterback. But like the dude seems to always make the right decision, the higher leverage situation, he seems to always play better. So I don't know if you can say like, He's Mahomes, but you can definitely say he's number two now. About yeah, Allen. I think so. I don't think you get much pushback there, particularly how Allen's been playing lately. But uh, we'll bring some structure to this podcast later with some questions or yeah. whatever. But I, I do for now just want to like meander around the playoffs a little bit and stick with um uh, with Burrow for another second. Is a, another thing that I like to kind of talk about, and I think become more uh, the conversation of the game, like the psychology. Of the game, it's impossible mm-hmm. to measure right now. I don't know if we'll ever figure out how to measure it. But when people talk about momentum, that's the way that I can think of it so that it makes sense. Is like momentum is more just about like, all right, 
we're feeling good now and maybe players play a little better when they're feeling good. But when it comes to Joe Burrow, there is a value to his cool. I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> like Absolutely. there is a value to that, that can't necessarily be measured. And honestly, like I, I if I want to tell the story of this game, it's not necessarily about Joe Burrow in particular. Like it's more about the offensive line running the ball. Well, honestly, and the the Bengals going to Buffalo and playing the type of football that you have to play in Buffalo. And this is another kind of uh, tangent to go off on is this is where the analytics guys are wrong. And like the stat nerds are wrong is like, and, and I'm, I'm partial to stat nerds, but, and again, this ties into the psychology of the game is running the ball matters. It matters physically, not just psychologically, but it matters physically when you're on and, and when you're in inclement weather or you're on a slippery surface. And also it matters when uh, to give people breaks. And uh, we talk about finding ways to take pressure off your quarterback and give him a couple plays here and there where he doesn't have to feel stress. Running the ball is doing the same thing for your offensive line where they don't have to. And it's doing the same thing for your quarterback. And I, I think that was really the story of the game. When I look back at that game, there weren't like big, incredible game changing offensive plays from the Bengals. It was just like methodical. That, I wanted to ask you about that. Cause they're missing three offensive linemen and the bills defense at home in the snow, this team that was on track to be the number one seed. We compared them to the greatest show on turf. I'm going to say it, they looked soft playing the Bengals offensive line, that entire defense. They got mauled. And like part of the stuff with the offensive line and, and the running game, I'm sure I mean, I knew this through pop order football, and I'm sure it's the same through college. Like, offensive linemen are taught to enjoy run blocking. That's when you get to mall and you get to have fun. It's almost like you got to pass the center of the ball at a basketball game so that they run the floor <laughs> yeah. hard. And, like, I actually felt that with the Bengals. It's like, all right, we got some backups in here. Let's pound it down their throat and show them that you're tougher. And, the, like, the offensive line coalesced around that. When you have, the like, the Pied Piper, like, bro, that has to matter. It has to. I can't imagine that playing offensive line in like modern NFL is all that fun because like we all play sports because it's fun, but no one's at home yeah. like doing phantom kick slides in their basement because they love offensive line play. Like even my, my son, who like we haven't let him play tackle football, we're gonna push that off for quite some time. But like he wants to like tackle pillows or like yeah. run through pillows. Like it's not all about catching passes or touchdowns or interceptions like the physicality of the game is also attractive to all of us and we enjoy but nobody wants to catch <laughs> like nobody wants to kick slide kick slide and catch like no one's practiced that we're not highlighting those blocks it's not fun it sucks and i don't know i mean i, I they get paid a lot so that's one reason but other than that like do they ever have fun it, it, if you're running the ball, like that feels like when I talk to Jeff or talk to any offensive yeah. lineman, they care about getting to run somebody over. And frankly, I don't know, Christina, it's up to you if you beep this out or not, but they like to drag their nuts across players. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to beep yes. that. But that's something that they do often is laugh about how they can run over somebody and do like sexually suggestive moves on top of other grown men. They don't want to kick slide and get bull rushed or humped or, or take a hump move. Like, um, like Micah Parsons gave out this week. You play offensive line. You do thousands of hang cleans and deadlifts. You eat 35 peanut butter jelly sandwiches a day to maintain your weight so that 
when you get to the second level, you can make a 240 pound linebacker look like a child and throw him out of the club. And I get it. I get it. That's not always the most efficient thing, but that is the only fun part about the position starting from your, when you're eight years old, I assume all the way through the NFL. I assume that it's even more extreme at the NFL. Yeah, I think the challenge of like holding down a big um, pass rusher or protecting the challenge of that, I think is probably attractive. And, and it's like uh, afterwards you like having, having blocked uh, one of those guys, but you don't actually like, Vaughn Miller running at you. Well, here's the example. So, and well, I promise to come back to the Bills, but like, you remember the play uh, where Micah Parsons took McGlinchey mm-hmm. and literally threw yeah, that him? hump move. That was the old Reggie White hump move. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I guarantee you, in McGlinchey's head, he was like, "I wish I could pull and and effing <laughs> yeah. level Micah Parsons because <laughs> I know with the head of steam that's not happening. yeah. It's and I was gonna I was gonna like um analogize it to like protecting the rim in basketball, but actually no, because you can get a big win protecting the rim in basketball. You can get like a crazy block, but like there is no like really highlight worthy way to block somebody. You just block them. You know, like if you, if, if you block a shot in a pickup basketball game, if you block, you, you feel like LeBron James (laughs) at the end of game seven. Like, even if it's like someone just going up on a jump shot and you tip the ball, you're like, I'm the most athletic man alive. So yes, it's not but like <laughs> protecting uh, your quarterback and like blocking Micah Parsons. Yeah, it's not like emphatic. Nothing about it is cool. Nothing about it is fun. But run blocking him and just driving him to the second level, amazing. Plowing over him and then yeah, I, I don't know why I said Christina could choose whether to bleep it or not. Obviously, you can't say in your ass across somebody, but it made you laugh. So right, it's it's also it's. <laughs> It's 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 the uh, truth. It's it's how they convince kids. It's how they uh, convince um, portly children like myself when I was at that age. This is going to be fun. This is where your athleticism <laughs> comes through. It is true. I mean, that's the I, I don't know any other sports, but it's like the only sport, at least American sport, where like being a husky fellow, we like celebrate. It's probably weird for the big kids who don't like football because everyone. It's the same thing you do for tall kids. You're like, hey. I bet you love basketball, don't you? And like a little bit of a husky kid, you're like, hey, D line, run stuffer, or hey, O line, you yep. plow through them. And then it's like, that's all that's all you're capable of with your body type. That's not fair. <laughs> poor kids. But I mean, poor it's really the poor kids who, who have that body type but don't like contact. Yeah. That's always the awkward one because everyone plays with the kid that like that in some sport when they're a kid. And and then they just get called big for nothing. Yeah. And you're like, no, you're, you're big for something. Just not. <laughs> All right. So um, the Burrow versus Mahomes conversation, I think obviously he's not going to jump Mahomes because there are some like major, uh, I guess, hurdles. One being winning a Super Bowl, which I, I don't necessarily think we. Should. Well, that's that's the question, because if he beats Mahomes next week, that's five times in a row beating Patrick Mahomes. That's crazy and then he'll be in the super bowl for the second straight year and you know it's a one game sample no one would be shocked if they won that game then it becomes a conversation just based on results right it has to i mean and he had the big comeback against patrick mahomes except he the thing is when you go back and look at um his biggest moments he's been very good in those moments but he doesn't have those kind of great moments like patrick mahomes because like his comeback against the chiefs last year 
was like littered with bad plays from him also. <laughs> and it was really more a yeah. story of um, the Chiefs kind of blowing it. And we don't have we have like Mahomes great comeback against Houston Texans, which was him blacking out. You have the great comeback in the Super Bowl to win, which was him throwing a ridiculous pass. You have the great loss in the Super Bowl where he's throwing amazing passes that are bouncing off people's face masks. And I think that those moments are going to stand out in our mind. He's as unfair as it is. I think back to last year's run. Um, and maybe I'm misremembering. You can enlighten me if you think of anything, but like those were good games from Joe Burrow, but it never felt like it was like, damn, Joe Burrow put this team on his back the way that we feel about Patrick Mahomes. The thing is, though, he's rapidly evolving. Yeah. Like, he's a much better football player That's this true. year coming back than he was last year. And so, you know, if, if he lights it up, even the throw that didn't count yesterday mm-hmm. in the, to the back of the end zone to chase, like that was a yeah. diamond and absurd catch like we might see some ridiculous highlights from those receivers and and burrow escaping the pocket against the chiefs that could definitely change it like i'm not i'm not willing to write it off but it will take it'll actually take heroic a heroic performance for me to reevaluate you know the quarterback hierarchy because it it doesn't happen as much as you think like it it took it was decades of peyton and brady and then a slight tear down breeze and now we have this new tier of guys and to upset the apple cart it's not just like it won't just happen by winning. He's going to have to be the guy. He's in, in a guy. <laughs> if he's the guy, then we can reevaluate. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Um. All right, so I, I had a question that I wanted to to like talk about with you is like who mm-hmm. had the worst loss of the weekend. And I think we can quickly narrow it down to bills or Cowboys. I'm I like yes. lean more to the bills because they had home field advantage. They came in as big favorites. Um, it's demoralizing, but honestly, like I feel like the Cowboys were not favored in this game and they were going all across the country. I think there's more reason to excuse the Cowboys loss, but it feels more damning. Because this feels kind of like the we're still in the early stages of the Bills window. 
in the Cowboys window, at least uh, this coach, it's, I don't know, and it, it kind of feels more defined also. Like, we don't know how much better Josh Allen's going to get. We don't know the talent that they can get around him. For the Cowboys, some of this feels like so set in stone. Like, Dak's not going to get better. Like, this is who Dak is. I still think he's good enough to win the Super Bowl. He's not good enough to, like, take you past the number one defense in the league. Uh um, without much uh, support, you know, like, I mean, that's it, not even fair. Yeah. Like he had, he had um, CD, he had Pollard for a little bit, but I think Patrick Mahomes wins that game. And so for me, I actually, I broke it down based on worst loss for a team, mm-hmm. worst loss for a oh. player for a team. It's to me, the Cowboys. And the reason I'll say that is you can't bring back the same cast. You cannot bring back McCarthy and Dak. I'm not doing the hot. We know the ceiling on this together. One of the one of them has to split, or you can just be happy being in the divisional round for the next couple of years. Because Dak had Dak's a very good quarterback, hovering around the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. However you want to rank them, you know we all think he's he's very good. He's clearly above above the average, but he could have thrown four interceptions in that game. They brought in Maher with them. That threw everything off kilter, and they played more aggressively. Tony Pollard broke his ankle and had a high ankle sprain, some ligament damage, and he was their best offensive player. And the thing is, Dak, if you're going to be the $50 million quarterback, which he deserves based on the market where he is in the league, in that salary range, it's also fair for us to expect you not to be a potential four interceptions guy in that game. He only threw two. He threw two off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, that's why I'm surprised that – I would say the worst loss for a team was the Bills and the worst loss for a player was Dak. Like, Mm. I feel like Dak is walking away from this, like kind of reaffirming a lot of people's priors about him. And he had the problem that we said was the only thing that he can't do was turn it over. And he did. He tried to do it more. He just had a really bad game in a big moment again. And that's a hard thing to overcome for him. But I, I feel like the Bills, were Super Bowl favorites and had home field and and put up ten points like that's that's yeah. Josh Allen. You're you're supposed to be big, strong arm, super athlete. The snow is supposed to impact you less than it does anyone else. And I respect the idea that he didn't have anyone other than than Stephon Diggs, and they didn't have a running attack all year. Like I get all that, but which is why I'm not coming down on Josh as hard as I, I think like the criticism is going to come down on deck. But I think as a team, yeah, this, this was supposed to be their year. So they got to, they got to rebuild that team. Like actually they need more help that defense and the secondary needs to get better. But the thing for me with Josh Allen is actually like, he's going to be a hall of famer. Like he was compared to Patrick Mahomes. And like now that even with the performance last year, when they lost to the chiefs, that's insane. Because his decision making regressed with that day ball, he like scoring ten points in a in a home game, like the broadcast. And I, I think we're allowed to laugh about this. Um, the broadcast continued talk talking about the emotional lift of Demar Hamlin in the crowd, and they kept showing the shot of him, and you couldn't even see it because of the snow. And they're like, God, oh. Tony Romo's like, Oh, come on, Jim, just look at Demar there, the crowd going crazy. The Bills have to feel this. They wanted it, and so then bad. it was like, Okay, they're feeling this. Uh, that's three incompletions from Josh Allen. We're gonna punt and get the ball shoved down their throat. <laughs> and it's to me, it's just the standard we were holding Josh Allen to. And now they're actual questions now. Questions that I laughed at for the last year. There are questions about how good he will be in this situation. I mean, the, the Bengals are a better team than them. 
like top to bottom and mm -hmm. also like better at quarterback too, which is one thing that I didn't think we'd be saying about anybody against Josh Allen, that somebody was just clearly better than him. And uh, like they, they, they outcoached him too. Like there was one thirty yeah. ten that was just a perfectly schemed uh, response to a blitz that they got to Hayden Hurst that did like a check release and drew them into a blitz and got in flat and converted there at a pivotal time in the third quarter. Like it just made all the right decisions. And again, they, they it wasn't like a fluke. It wasn't a big play here. It wasn't a big play there. When you rewatch that game, you just see that they just beat their ass like <laughs> the whole game. And it's not at all what I expected, but yeah. Is there any other questions you want to hit from the weekend? Um. So the one thing I want to ask you about is from that 49ers game, is do you think there, there are two things coming into their upcoming match? I and mean, obviously we'll get more into this on Thursday with the 49ers and Eagles. Cause I think that's actually a fascinating game. Cause you, you look at what the 49ers do that mm -hmm. offense and it's like, they were super conservative in the first half. Like you could tell, and Christina's probably going to have to bleep this too. <laughs> you could tell Shanahan's sphincter was, was really puckered up. And no, tight. you can say that. You can say that. We don't want to give Christina extra work. You can say that I, I'm putting my foot down. You <laughs> okay. can say tight sphincter. Well, it, it might have hopefully loosened a little bit in the second half when we saw them being a little bit more aggressive. But I was a little bit more worried about yep. Purdy in that first half than I have been the rest of, of that. But with that said, they're playing an Eagles team, which answered every question, except for the fact that this Eagles team lost to Washington playing the exact way that the 49ers played in the second half, like running the ball that way. How do you do you, how do you feel about this 49ers team going into the Eagles matchup? And it's a really broad Using question. the Washington game is uh, a nice little rhetorical trick because I remember mm -hmm. that Washington game right. quite clearly. And the Eagles offense um, did some really like fluky things, turned over the ball a bunch of random times. I think the difference is in that game, Washington would have got their kicked if um I think they had one deep pass that Jalen Hurts hit right on numbers that the receiver caught and then essentially handed it to the defensive back there was another tip ball yes. interception i think to tight end there were like three ridiculous turnovers that were just like random things that never happened again so i think that's what it comes down to and i guess if you're the 49ers you feel comfortable because you're not gonna have your defense ripped apart in that way but the challenging thing is the 49ers like to do a lot of zone and like the the RPO game and the quarterback run game are like going to be a challenge for them. They're going to have to like play above themselves and they have the players that can do that. Like not above themselves, above the scheme in some ways and the way that Jalen hurts looked last week, if he can maintain this level of sharpness, because it wasn't just going against that bad defense. Like he was on target. Like there were, there were tough passes to make and he was just drilling them. So that's, I, I I'm still leaning more, Eagles and 49ers in part because I think that talent wise, both of these teams are pretty comparable, but the Eagles are going to have the home game and the better quarterback. Uh, and it's going to require some, some serious uh, coaching. And I also saw in the situation that as, as good a offensive coordinator as Kyle Shanahan is, he is not always on top of in-game management the way that you would mm -hmm. suspect. Yeah, you would suspect for somebody who's as smart as he is. And, like, I think we celebrate passing the ball just before the two-minute warning. That was a smart decision that he made. So I'm not sure that they get 
the advantage is there because he's so much of his bandwidth is tied up with like designing and calling the game. So yeah, I, I lean, I lean Eagles for now. We'll see. And and we saw again to Kyle Shanahan is, and this is smart, but he was like protecting Purdy. And I guess yeah, if you force him to not have to protect Purdy, which the Cowboys couldn't score enough to do that, then we'll see what happens. But Purdy wants to give it away. <laughs> like, he he wants to do something special. He wants to be Josh Allen, and the turnovers come with Josh Allen. It is kind of crazy, though, that he's this confident. Like, some of the it. throws he made in those leverage situations great. were lasers. Yeah. Like, and, and, and completely different than the throws early in the game when he actually looked tentative and slightly nervous. That was stunning. I, like, we keep waiting for the bottom to fall out. He's not going to let the bottom completely fall out. The, the great thing about, like, not having a team, and I guess the bad thing about not having a team, is, like, I never feel really, like, sad or broken after a weekend. And I'm, but I also never feel really happy. But the the bad thing is, I end up like rooting against both things because like I want Jayla Hurst to win, obviously, uh, and also like I like this Purdy story. I want it to go well. I don't want him to blow it. It's like you get stuck in those situations. The same thing is like on the other side. Like I want Patrick Mahomes to limp his way back to the Super Bowl, but Joe Cool keep it going. Like it's it's a tough spot to be in, but I guess it's it's better than feeling like. Uh, the entire city of Buffalo feels today. And I actually think it's cool this year that we have like the four clear, in my opinion, clearly the four best teams and like playing really well right now, um, which is, it won't be, there won't be, presumably there won't be blowouts and bad games next weekend. And maybe I'll sound like an idiot for, for saying that now because the NFL is yeah. weird, but the right teams are here playing the right way. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Um. All right, so I want to get a, a rundown on the Australian Open. I also want to get into our bets uh is mm -hmm. before we get to either of those things are there any things left from the weekend that you want to ask me about or you want to talk about or you want to dive into i think let's dive in more more thursday and uh quick quick Aussie open update give it to me three americans in the final eight we're back on the men's side we're back or... on okay, the men's gotcha. side on the men's side on the women's side the favorite is jessica pagula i mean 
tough tough day for Bills Mafia, but the daughter of the Bills open of the Bills owner might win the Australian. Open. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> consolation prize, Bills Mafia. I, I want them to go, all go to Australia and jump through tables and tailgate and drink shots out of out of bowling balls outside of the Aussie Open. I was like, it'd be better at, at Wimbledon though. Like, I, I I feel like Australia would be comfortable with Bills level activity. I want I want them to go to the UK. They would love it. Um, it, I. The Australian Open is probably the one tennis tournament where they would encourage Bills Mafia to attend in uh in All right, give me give me um, something that I need to know about the men that are left. Why should I watch them? Okay. And then we go on to our bets. So boring angle for the tournament. Djokovic is playing incredibly well and probably could win. But the good thing, there are two sons of American tennis players. Sebastian Corda, his dad, Peter Corda, won the Australian Open. He is American, but he doesn't play like an American player. He's got perfect strokes. He's like a basically built off of the way Djokovic plays. The other one is Ben Shelton. Last year, he won the national championship at Florida when he was 19. He is now 20. It's his first time out of the United States. He's a 6'4 lefty. Um, and probably the best serve left in the tournament. Incredibly explosive athlete. It's his first year on tour. He's jumped from last year outside the top 500. He's now number 42 in the world after his after his round of 16 win. He is fun because he's like explosive, uh, exciting, and does crazy shit on the tennis court. So watching that. fingers crossed he makes an even deeper run. All right, how we do on bets, and then we go roses and thorns. We went one and one. We won our tees with the Eagles and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. betting those lines down. Uh, oh, we did deck. not win on, on Dakota going over one and a half TDs. Oh, we should have gone over one and a half interceptions. All right, Charlie, it's been fun. Thank <laughs> you very much. We'll do Roses and Thorns next with everyone's favorite Fox Force. He's so good! How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right, Roses and Thorns begins. I assume that nobody heard. That call. So Ashley's been sick, had been. so many COVID tests that are fortunately negative. But I love doesn't. taking COVID tests. It's like <laughs> one of my favorite pastimes. And honestly, I overbought them so much back when like they were like in demand that they're probably going to go bad anyway. Is how I justify overusing them because and also like I should know if I have COVID. We live in a house with five people. But what I have is my daughter's cold last Friday. So like over a week ago. Um she her older siblings had sleepovers and we told you my son had his first sleepover it actually went fine according to the mom she might have been lying to make me feel good but um and so I let my little one my six-year-old I let her sleep in my bed with me and Dominique was like playing xbox and downstairs and she was asleep and I was looking at her I was like oh this sweet little baby and face to face sharing a pillow and then she proceeded to cough in my face for like 90 seconds she hit miss school a couple of days that week she'd had this cough for a bit off and on but just a cough again tested her a lot not COVID. and at like the 89th second of me just staring at her and seeing the spit fly like at close range to my face i was like you're gonna be sick by sunday i was not sick by sunday i was sick monday um but i think i've had it much worse than her because she's young and I'm old. It can't get me though. So I'm. Uh, you have the best immune system. Like I lay up under you and you're fine. I think my immune system's gotten stronger as I've gotten older. Yeah, you are so impressive. Um, 
I've been taking NyQuil that expired in 2020, <laughs> which also could be, but I think it probably still works. Like it knocks me oh out at least God. for three hours and I just wake up in coughing fits. Um, that's my main problem. I could get you. Every, some, I know. I don't like going to CVS. Remember I thought about it the other day. I was like, I'm going to go buy new medicines. And then I was like, nah, because I also had, I threw out the 2020 NyQuil after taking it three nights and I upgraded to a 2021 expiration date one that I also had. <laughs> and so I felt like that one would be fine. Oh gosh. Uh, oh man. And I hopefully no one gets sick from listening to this. The cough is so strong. Oh, nice mug, a heart-shaped mug. Isn't it cute? So Valentine. So you got Rose. So first of all, uh, we've had special guests, uh, Christina and Sarah, producers. So at some point we gotta bring Adi in, the last producer, to be a special guest. But before that, I'll give you a chance to shoot me a couple quick roses and thorns if you got any, Ashley. Are you texting parents right now? Arranging carpools for later. <laughs> if they knew, I put masks on in the car with the kids, but people just be deaf for the kids to get places. It's like, I'm joking. Like, I'm cautious. I put my mask on. Um, yes, let me stop. Um, I do have a rose and thorn. Okay, my rose is okay. So last week, my thorn, and I actually will revisit that, is that I was like, you don't plan romantic things for us to do on Valentine's Day or ever, in fact. Okay, and then you were like, no, I did something this year for Valentine's yep. Day. And I was like, what? And you were like, I, or he was like really in his feelings and I could tell. And he was like, no, this is not the time she's going to come for me um, because I ordered her some jewelry for Valentine's <laughs> Day. So I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Did it not? To be clear, though, my thorn was not you don't give me things for Valentine's Day. Honestly, that could have been a thorn, but I really don't even care about that because I know like I have plenty of nice things. I get plenty of nice things for myself. He gets plenty of nice things for me. Like, um, so anyway. I do not worry about presents. Like I get plenty of them, whatever. That was not my thorn. My thorn was you don't plan things for me. And his pushback that he ordered me something did not at all deal with my thorn, the but thorn I can't because my thorn held. Exactly. That's all I wanted to come on here and say, because part of like a marriage and compromise and being a good wife, it was me being a wonderful, gracious wife being like, you know what, babe, I see that you're actually getting in your feelings about this right now. Thank you so much. You are so great. A bit of an overreaction, probably because it was true. It hit close to home. I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't plan shit and I don't I don't want to start. I hate planning stuff. He doesn't plan stuff for us necessarily. But since last year, I don't love to travel. And like if it were up to me for. Trips, oh, I got a trips, thorn. I got a thorn, thorn, thorn. Again, this segment isn't on my show, so I don't accept <laughs> thorns of me. So okay. moving on with my thorn. Um, I don't love to travel. I recognize that's so basic of me, right? Like I just am happy staying in DC, um, where I've been my whole life, where my family's been for generations. Like I'm not really trying to leave. I'll go like to New York. I'll go to Florida, but like, I just don't like, it would be nice to travel. Like I envision myself going on some great, like European vacation. I said I was going to do it for my 10th anniversary. We were on our patio for our 10th anniversary COVID. because of COVID it was 2020. Um, and so I would like to do those things, but like, it's not like enough of a priority for me to do it. And then like our kids, like, even though they're getting older now, I still like have like PTSD from all the times that like they were horrible on trips or like on airplanes or just like they can be unpredictable even still. So I'm just like, mm, I don't want to go like pay a lot of money to go somewhere for them to ruin it. Like with, you know, whatever antics. Remember, we have a Justin Jefferson um, who I think somebody can cover because his team, no one can cover him. Oh no! On, on in football, yes, he can yeah. be covered in life. 
Yeah, I know, but I'm saying there's so. No there's defense. somebody. So that analogy is not great because somebody out there sometimes. Oh, you're saying that Justin some, Jefferson was covered. What is yes. it? Cornerbacks or something are successfully yeah. covering Justin yeah. Jefferson. The the um Giants did a good job, so I'm gonna call Brian Dayball and ask him for some parenting advice. We need advice. tips. Thank yeah. you. We need. Tips. Or I guess it was um defensive coordinator. So his call his answer person. to everything is blitz a lot. So we got okay. to rush. Well, as soon as Declan gets home, we're gonna rush him. You just rush him as soon as he walks. Okay, the he would love that actually. <laughs> like he loves physical contact. He would love it if we parented like that. I can't. I would get I, hurt. I am fine. I I've adjusted and accepted that you don't really like to travel, but I would like to present this to the jury. No, I haven't even given my. I, this I'm trying to give you a rose. I know it's a it's a it's a long roundabout rose. Like I I'm just trying to before okay, we got go married. Ahead. Before we got married. Before we got married. We went on a trip to Egypt, um, for like ten plus days, and I was sick by the last two. You were, and it was a lovely trip though. It was like it was miss. It was misleading, just misleading. And we've been since we've been since we were married. I think we went to Jamaica once, and that's the only time we've used our passports. Yeah, and that's that's it. Other than we've been that, we, thirteen years. We go to or, go to Orlando, New York, California, Miami, Puerto Rico, like uh. like high quality safari money. It's so sad. Oh, yeah, we that's go the to most Disney frustrating World part. Like, like I, I love Disney World. It's so frustrating. Is that like yes. we we spend like. South we Africa, can't we can't like, go to South Africa or Tanzania or Paris or the Amalfi Coast after we go. Yeah, we spend we Tanzanian safari money in the Magic Kingdom, and it is so stressful. Oh gosh. Anyway, but so his rose though. But oh, back to the Egypt point. No, I did not mislead you. I said very clearly, I don't want to go to Egypt. That's fair. Um, That's fair. I did. Do you remember why I went? Yeah, you went because you were afraid that I was going to get arrested because I was going. Otherwise, go I was going to yes. go with one of my teammates who this was 2006, way before. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. It, it was I was going to say yeah, before, it was in Egypt. Yeah, I was going to say before that um, marijuana laws loosened up here, but it doesn't matter. Marijuana laws have never been loose in Egypt. They are not. Well, I don't know what Egyptian laws are like, but I seen locked up a bro and I wasn't excited for you to be in an Egyptian prison because he had smuggled weed and with you I was, were trying to buy was, some there. I'm smarter than that. I wouldn't have been in no Egyptian prison. But anyway, I do remember that trip. So that's why I went. I made that very the clear. The trip was nice, but I do remember that it was not... Uh, it wasn't a five star trip. And I remember that we had an overnight train ride and you refused. Two. Yeah. On one of them, though, or was it on both of them? One of them, you refused to lay on the, the bed. It was so dusty. Like, <laughs> was the desert. And it looked, I'm a germaphobe. So you laid the white on sheets me. on the train bed looked like tan. And it was not that they were supposed to be tan. An it was eight hour dust. trip of you sleeping your entire body. On top. I did. I did. It wasn't my entire body was on you. Thank you. You set up yes, I think and my no, head was on you no 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 I had to lay down too I just laid on my it back it was a train size bed they were supposed to be bunks but we were oh on one together gosh. oh man anyway all right get to your thorn because I want Adi to teach us no you, I didn't get to my rose that for oh, the second bad. year in a row now he's going to be planning our family spring break trip so I don't know where it is I'm excited um I think I'm responsible for grabbing us some passports because me and him and our older two, they're expired. My youngest has never had a passport in her six years of life. So, you know, we're going to break her out of the country for the first time, possibly. I don't know, because I don't think he knows where it is. But I am a little nervous about going overseas because what if COVID restrictions change? But I kind of think people are just over COVID restrictions. So, like, it'll be fine. We can get back in. <laughs> so that's your rose. Uh, you may not be getting back in if you don't stop coughing. All right. Can we bring in Adi to teach us something now? 
Um, your thorn. Okay, let me think. I thought you already thorned me. You just brought back the thorn from last week. That was it. No, that wasn't it. I have a thorn for you. I actually think I might have two. Honestly, can't. Oh, here's one for you. Oh, this you don't let me kiss you on the face just because I have a cold. That really bothers me, but whatever. But the other one is that you really tried to give our six-year-old like a sex ed lesson the other night. I didn't. She said something ridiculous, and I thought that it I was... know, but then you just say, okay, Emmy, no. So Emerson came in and started saying, I don't remember how it started. Dominique has candles in the basement where he watches football games, and he was watching football games, and maybe the candle was just lit or blown out or something, and Emerson says, starts saying, like, are you a virgin, mommy? Daddy's not a virgin, and I'm like, oh, he's not. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and I'm like, huh, though? I'm very confused. And then she's like, and I was thinking, because she had been to Sunday school, so I was like, I guess they talked about Mary, like, being a virgin. Um, but, and then she was like, Avery's a virgin. Avery's our 12-year-old. Me and Deck, our nine-year-old and her, we're not virgins. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what is a virgin, Emmy? And she said it was somebody who doesn't like candles. But I think before she said that, Dominic was like, do you know what a virgin is? And we assumed he was, she was talking, like, learned about Mary. And he was like, do you know where babies come from? And I was like, okay. And she was like, mommy's waist. And I was like, Dominic, please. She was like, no. Dominic hates when children say that babies come from tummies. He has to tell them it's a No, because they say stomach. They say stomach. It does, like, your food goes in your stomach. No babies in your stomach. Like, if you say midsection, abdomen, I'm good. Uterus, yes. Let's be anatomically correct. But, like, stomach, no. Food goes in stomach. I don't want my baby walk around like, you have a baby in your tummy. And then she was talking about a virgin is is someone who's never lit a candle. So I asked because her. Because something from Hocus Pocus. And he tried to keep the comment. I was like, okay, cool. No, we've all lit candles. And also, that's not what a virgin is, but move on. But he really tried to get into the lessons. Some lessons we just don't need to have yet like a 12 year old one thing but a six-year-old who would then go tell her classmates unnecessary i mean they need to know too anyway as far as candle lighting goes my expert adi come teach us something anything rescue us i don't know if i can come after that (laughs) teaching sex ed to everybody i mean you know (laughs) i just don't like i mean maybe i don't know i i feel like I don't need to lie to her. Like, it's just whatever. She's six. She's as you go walk around yeah, calling where do six. babies come from? No, you can say you're that's not what I would love is. for her to correct an adult at that age. Exactly. Excuse me, it's the uterus. <laughs> you're damn right. That's what that's what I aspire to is my children. When someone comes over, a grown person is uncomfortable talking about this. It's like it's it's sex. There's no reason for us to act all weird about it. No reason to make them act all weird about it. But I'm with you. She wasn't asking about it, so we didn't have to have that conversation. So maybe I should not charge through to have the conversation. But what yeah, I'm not going to do. Point. Yeah, I know. And that's why I did. If I I would have kept pushing if it were something that mattered. But like if they asking about sex, then we're going to talk about it. We're not going to be like, oh, the stork magic. Also, when um, you guys were when you guys were young, were you guys thinking it was a stork? I never had that experience because no. I had like a little brother. Yeah, I was little. Yeah. Sorry, my mom. Had, I had a bunch of your little siblings. And I yeah, was yeah. Pregnant. Well, I, I had an older brother, so like he told me everything I needed to know and showed me all the videos <laughs> sure I needed did. to see well before <laughs> I needed to see them. And now he wants to pay it forward to Emerson. I should have everyone, everyone know that Adi has <laughs> the best hair we've ever seen. So I've decided that yeah, break it out, <laughs> let it down. You gotta okay. let it down and teach us about it. How you take care of it. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I got questions about myself. Oh, my. Oh my Ashley. God. I mean, I might have to leave you. 
I know. <laughs> oh gosh, this is this is special for the YouTube audience. If you're listening on a podcast, yeah. you will not appreciate. It's like real sexy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is very very sexy. You need a reality show. I, I'm like. sure you, Ashley knows, but like after like day two and three is the best day after you've washed your hair. Not like the natural day 12, oils. Wherever I am, <laughs> <laughs> I've I um. It's not. It's real I've bad. i gotten there before because just I didn't have access to be able to wash my hair. Oh, not because you do have plumbing, but you have a cold to refuse to wash your hair because that would make you colder. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually in the sense of like hygiene and the smell and obviously your hair looks really oily. You probably want to wash it, right? But I've always been told the less you wash, the healthier. Yes, me too. Right? So if you can like maintain it somehow then that's actually really healthy for your hair i do like every four to five days dirty okay (laughs) i put oil in my hair like i always hear people say like hair gets oily but i'm like i want my hair to be more oily because my hair is dry so like so that for me i'm like well if i'm only washing my hair when it gets too oily evan i ain't never gonna wash it i wash it though sometimes anyway just because i i was raised the same way like i as a kid even my grandmother was always like we have this, uh, so my dad's family is from Bangladesh, so we have like coconut oil, mm-hmm. but this specific brand called Parachute that every Bengali person knows. Okay. And so as a kid, always you rub the scalp, and if your hair does get long, then it's like your ends. And so I right to tend Amazon. to, <laughs> it's like a blue bottle, like you Are see you it. On every, Amazon looking for it? Yeah, it's like nostalgia. But um, at least every third day before I wash, I'll oil and then braid and then the next day wash it. What's and your um, Instagram? So you're four. So you wash every four. You said that four to five days. Yeah, about every four to five days. Put, put it out there. I mean, <laughs> it's a Baga Khan, B-A-G-H-A dot K-H-A-N. All right. In preparation, he's a Patriots fan, so uh, <laughs> he does that, do that like hair you. stuff on his Instagram too. Yeah. Um, your hair is magnificent. I feel like I need to buy some of that stuff. Maybe it'll um it'll help me out. Maybe oh, I, I thought also you should. made some of his hair. Um, <laughs> you gotta buy, <laughs> you should buy some. Of I that used stuff. to when I used to live in New York. Um, I lived in Harlem for like a hot minute, and all the time getting offered. The highest offer I got was twenty five hundred dollars. I was gonna buy your hair off you for twenty five dollars yeah, because it's it's virgin Indian hair basically. What does virgin hair mean? You've never it's never been with colored, it? never been touched. Nothing. Oh, this okay. grow I've obviously trimmed it, but this specific grow is like ten years old. Wow! And so, especially back when I was living, maybe this is when it was like five or six years, like 2015, 16, I'd be in Harlem, and people were offering me money all the time. And I was just like, I started to get worried that someone was going to actually cut it. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, that's rude. <laughs> like, I was like so paranoid that's because so I always used to keep, I keep it tied up. Life. I'd be like walking to the gym or something, watching my back because I, I wasn't sure. Like, you know, oh, gosh. Get jumped for my hair. Oh, or, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. or when I was in Chelsea, I'd have a bunch of people always telling me, like, Oh, you need to take care of your hair. But like New York is like hardcore about hair. LA, I don't feel that type of pressure. But when I was in New York, <laughs> I was on top of my hair so hard. Like, like I didn't what want... more could you do to it than what you do now? Just pay more attention. Like, sn- like I'm only t- checking the ends <sighs> because it, 
And the big thing too, I always get is uh, people want to touch it. And they won't ask. I'm not like the but biggest. But that's the last song. Don't touch my yeah. hair. Uh, yeah. That needs to be your. um. Your I used theme. to play that song, song all the time in my head because it's, you know, and it's always like white men and women. And it used to happen in clubs all the time. Like I'd just be like, I'm not a big person. I'm like five, seven. Really? You look so tall to me. I know. On I always disappoint everybody. I remember. I would have like, guessed you were like six four. Whenever I meet up with everybody at work, like what? Um, they're like, dude, we thought you were like six feet. I'm not. <laughs> I stand. Why do you look so posture. tall? Good posture. My, my you have dad. tall guy energy. Confident. Yeah, he's confident. Yeah. Yeah, I got a Leo rising. So, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sit up straight. Do I look taller? Oh, man. Yeah, you just got to. Yeah. But so basically, it's just keeping i guess like clean but at the end of the day you don't want to dry it out either now does everyone in your family just have hair like that though uh my sisters i got the best hair i think out of my siblings so i'm, I'm gonna say so my brother got the best hair out of his siblings too <laughs> that that that's the inside it's all girls joke, and him. it's so pretty it's so i'm mean, the man. eldest but my brother and sister are already gray like my sister already gray yeah, or graying. Yeah, pretty hard. My oh, sister's got like big oh, ass road oh, streak. Okay. Right. <laughs> Although Dominique saw some gray hair the other day that he said did not. I'm not going to say who because we don't want to be rude to people. But he saw some gray hair on a coach the other day who, for the first time, he thought patchy. it didn't look nice. It so. was patchy. I didn't like the patchy. Like if you mix in salt and pepper, that's fine. Or you go all ice white, I'm with you. But when it's like a splotch of gray and then the rest of it's black, it just looked weird to me, like a continent. It is, oh, I don't know. I people find it. that sexy. That's what I mean by the rogue streak. Like, especially if you no, no, I, it wasn't like the rogue streak. So it was, it was like, oh, it was just a patch. Like, yeah, it was like a, he had short <laughs> hair. It was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, short. And so just like a circle right here, a circle right there. And it was like all white in that circle and then black everywhere else. And it just looked like a, like a globe. And I was like, nah, we can't do that. He's got to like uh, dye it all the way white. Yeah, just go yeah. ahead and, and white it so out. So if my hair comes in like that, are you gonna be mad if I dye it dark? It can't come in like that because your hair is so long. It would just be streaks like rogue, which is I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's not coming in at all because every time I see some, it's like it is coming in. I just pull it, and then I have little short gray hairs, which then like stick up inevitably. Anytime I try to like put my hair back or aren't straighten you it. worried more will grow? We used to be told if you like pull one, that's gotta be grow. fake. Yeah, that seems like a wives' tale. I've decided that's fake. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that. But I also, <laughs> Dominique, have you noticed I've been taking vitamins recently? No. My liquid I vitamins. I, I saw that. I didn't know what that was for. What is that? Nonsense? Because I saw it advertised on Instagram and they said after three bottles, her gray hair started being black again. I said, Rod needs that vitamin. That sounds <laughs> stupid. So stupid. <laughs> well, I do, I do take so I take a lot of supplements. That's one okay. thing I do. You and take what? The, a lot of supplements. And then for hair specifically, though, I know biotin, iron, and D3 are so important. It doesn't have any of those in it. No, it has a lot of things, though. And it was like, these things are necessary. What we found is people with gray deficiency <laughs> or, or with, with gray with is not a deficiency. With these vitamin deficiencies are more likely to have gray hair. So that's not going to be my problem. I will not have this. I don't have enough gray hair. Fox, are you ever worried about, do you have gray in your beard yet? Yeah, I got a little bit. Yeah, I got a little bit. Not enough. I need some more gray. It's coming eventually. I'm sick of Ashley and these 
Vitamin drinks. Vitamin A, vitamin D3, omega fatty acids. The oh, thing is, they're all vitamins <laughs> that I've heard people say I should take anyway. So Yeah, you should take it. And Sound like a fun eat healthy, plan. nutritious at the same time. But I so think you stress, feel like eating healthy and nutritious is going to help me have less gray hair? Yeah. And I think stress management. Because I had gray hair when I was in grad school. And then once I left, I haven't had another gray hair. And there was like a little bit of like prickly for a second. And then the minute I got out of that stressful, really? horrible situation. You were taking Mary Ruth's vitamins, weren't you? <laughs> I'm actually. I know yeah, your secret. Don't lie. Don't lie. Call Brian Dable and figure out how to cover the situation so I can reduce my it. stress. That is where <laughs> I <laughs> Brought it full circle. <laughs> Thank you. Look at you. Such a great football mind. Can we wrap it up now? Or are you guys still, if this feels like a personal conversation now, you guys want to chat I'm about sorry. vitamins. It has long been a personal Let everybody Dominique, go. No offense, but every time I come on here, it yeah. is a personal conversation. That's fair. It's normally, it's the, the, the point the is. People love it though. The yeah. People love it. The comments yeah. are hilarious. Yeah. You guys are. The personal. I tell you guys. Yeah. I don't read comments and Ashley shouldn't. I sure hope she doesn't, but I know she probably does. All right. Appreciate you, Adi. You're the man. Thanks oh, for thank joining you, and thank helping you. us out. Thank you. I'm going to get my hair like Protect that hair. Protect, Protect that hair. hair. Um, scissors um, far away. That's what I say. <laughs> thank you, Christina Buswell <laughs> and Sarah Abbott. Also, Charlie, you're the man. All right. See you guys on Thursday. Take care. See you guys next Tuesday. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this is the Dominique Foxworth Show.